Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matchalavit, and we're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matchalavit. Today is Monday, June twentieth, twenty twenty-two. It's been a few days since I've been on the podcast; just been super busy, and it was Father's Day yesterday, so kind of took that day and hung out with my dad, hung out with family. And Saturday was just super busy. I got up early, and then I worked pretty much until I went to bed. So just kind of a busy, busy weekend, and that's kind of been the way weekends have been so far. I'm expecting things to kind of ease up a little bit with the upcoming weeks ahead. My girlfriend will be home, so I'm trying to kind of get some of the work that I need to get done out of the way, try and get as much done as possible before she gets home because it's just tough to get work done sometimes when uh, people are home that you want to see and they're only home for a little bit. So that's something that I'm working on. Thankfully, she is moving home at the end of summer, so it will be kind of cool to have her back, but uh, just trying to kind of get things rolling a little bit more with this Amazon business that I've been working on and trying to figure out what different items to sell, what different ways to source, and different things to do on that standpoint. So overall, it's been good. This is a decent week. We have a few releases, so I can get into those real quick and touch on what those are going to look like. Really, nothing too crazy, but just a few shoes that are coming out. So we can touch on those, and then I'll talk a little bit about Amazon and some of the things I've been working on. So today we had the Yeezy 350 Bone re-release, and then there was also an Onyx colorway that came out. The I think those re-released as well. So the Bone colorway came out in, I think, April, and it's clean. It's just an all-white colorway. It looks similar to maybe like the creams, or I think they did like a cloud white. Some sort of a mixture of those is kind of what I would liken, liken it to. And the Onyx is just a, it's like a, tri- a triple black sneaker. So overall, clean colorways, nothing too crazy. They were good looking colorways, but not good priced. And the reason for that is the Bone colorway just hasn't really done that well. I ended up selling mine, I think, at a small loss. And I just didn't really feel like going for 350s today. It, it, they're not that profitable of a shoe sometimes. And especially with the market sentiment, it just seems like 350s and Yeezys in general have dropped off. That's not maybe the case for all of them. The 700s that came out at the end of last week, nobody was expecting those to do well and they ended up performing really well, making an average of 50 to $60 a pair if you hit those. So that's kind of an outlier. But for the most part, these 350s are just, they've been made so much that they'll still sell out, which is good for easy supply, but they won't make that much money, which is also kind of good for easy supply, which means that the demand in the market's kind of balanced out. So now there's still a lot of demand, there's still a lot of hype, but it's not so bad that people are just always ticked off easy supply because it's hard to get the shoes. Now it is hard to hit shoes on easy supply, don't get me wrong, but it seems as if resale has dipped to a point where it's not that, you know, thousand, two thousand dollar price range that we were getting for Yeezys when they first released. It's barely over retail at this point and you're not really able to make that much money on them if you do hit. So you're probably looking at a ten and twenty dollar profit on each of those uh, on the at least the Onyx colorway in some sizes, maybe a little bit better. But the bone colorway there really wasn't even any profit to be made on those. So I didn't go for either shoe. If you did hit and you can make some money on those good. If not, kind of move on, take it as a stride. It's not that big of a deal because it wasn't that profitable anyways. Now on Wednesday, we do have a Jordan 1, I think, coming out. It's the Jordan 1 Low True Blue. Those should be decent. They look kind of clean. Um, and then other than that, Thursday, we have an off-white release. It's an Air. It's a Nike uh, Air Force Mid. Not really that good. And they got the spikes on the bottom of them. They just don't look that good. I think that all of the off-whites that have that little spiky weird thing on the bottom where like they did them with the... They did a pair of running shoes with the same kind of spiky... It almost looked like track shoes they look stupid and they really shouldn't do that. I don't understand why they're doing it, but they have and they've done it on a few shoes now and it's kind of, in my opinion, 
hurt the off-white look on some of these Nike shoes because they really put out some bangers, especially with the Jordan 1s and then some of the, the shoes that have ensued after that. The uh, I'm thinking of like the Muslin 5s. Those, those looked really good, and they also did. Uh, I forget what the charcoal grayish black uh, Jordan 5s that they did. I forget what the colorway was called, but those were clean too. So these kind of shoes that they're putting out, these Air Forces, they suck. And the the Air Force mids, at least the Air Force lows, the Air Force one lows, they're clean. The the Canary colorway is super clean. Obviously, the UNC colorway is very clean. The black colorway is clean. Um, but these mids and some of these other shoes that they're doing, these weird like uh, just running shoes with the spikes on the bottom, they don't look good. And I don't understand why they would. Uh, in my opinion, damage the look of the brand for for that kind of a shoe. It just it doesn't make sense to me. But obviously, they've built a brand and I haven't, so they probably have some sort of idea in play that maybe I'm not understanding. So that's what we have on Thursday. We also have an Air Jordan One Mid UNC coming out, I believe, on Thursday. So those should be decent. Um, and then Friday, I think we have another Air Jordan One Mid that looked like it could be something. I, I haven't looked into prices on it, but it's like a curry colorway. And those should be, I don't know, they'll probably break even, honestly. I'm not expecting too much out of those, but I haven't marked down here. The last thing I can see is, I think Saturday we may have an Air Jordan 2 Mason Chateau colorway release. I think that's what the name of that guy is. And we've seen these release. I think they did an Air Jordan 1 mid for the Fearless series back in 2019, 2020-ish, somewhere around then. They performed not that well, but I think they've actually went up in value. I do remember when Jordan had that giant spike in 2020 and 2021. Those mids were actually very profitable, um, and they weren't when they first released. So overall, I, I'm not sure what this shoe will do. It's an Air Jordan 2. You can't really expect that much from it. It's not that good looking of a shoe. It's one of the better Air Jordan 2s, but I mean, just because it's one of the better ones doesn't necessarily make it good looking. So, you know, it's just, it, that's the way it goes. And so, um, you know, I'm not really probably going to go after that shoe either unless I see prices are doing really well. I haven't looked into them yet, but we'll kind of wait till the end of the week, see what prices are doing probably Friday evening, Saturday morning and make my call off of that. I didn't go for the last Jordan 2 that came out with, um, they released with the Ama Mani Air. They, they did a collab with Jordan. I didn't go for those and it's actually looking half decent because the size that I was thinking about going for isn't that profitable right now. So overall, that is what it is. You know, sometimes you have that and you just kind of got to keep it moving and take it in stride and realize that there are going to be more releases. No use tying up too much capital on a release that's not that worthwhile. So those are what we have this week. Uh, there's not too much else after that. I mean, it's just kind of a blah week it's it's decent there's not too many shoes coming out that are super profitable but there's not no shoes coming out either so looking at that looking ahead into what we have for the week i'm probably going to be doing a lot of research for amazon i don't know if i talked about this on the last podcast or not but i shifted the way that i'm going to be buying and i'm probably going to be doing purchases every day or every other day either in the evening or in the morning if i don't buy them the night before and just trying to get purchases to go through, not to go through, but just trying to make as many purchases as I can for good products. And before what I was doing is waiting till I had maybe 15 products ready to go, and then I'd go and purchase them all at once, and what was happening was they were all shipping on different times, even though they're coming from the same store or the same couple of stores, they're getting here on different days. So what I'm gonna do is order them as I find them, and they'll be here, and once I have enough to make a box, then I'll send the box in. It makes way, way more sense to do it that way, not sure why it took me this long to figure that out, but it is what it is. So I'm going to be doing that. I have some stuff that I ordered over the weekend. I ordered some stuff this morning, probably order some stuff this tonight or tomorrow morning, depending on what I got going on tonight. But 
overall, that's just what I'm working on. I renewed Ace and Zen for a yearly membership, so if you're looking at software, I highly recommend them. I do like the product. I think it's very good. I've talked about it before, but it's just it's a good calculator for Amazon, but it's way more than that. It helps me log all of the stuff that I'm looking at. There's a lot of uh, information built into the tool, and it also tells you if there's IP complaints and stuff. So for me, it's a no-brainer. That and Keep are like the two things that if I need something to start an Amazon business, I'm going with those. And then Airtable is my other thing, and I'll, I'll shield those products all day, even though I'm not affiliated with them because I think that they're worthwhile for you. Airtable is like a better Excel, and it's good for storing data, which is what we're doing. We're storing data of sales, and so what I like to do is I build out a decent sheet for it where I'll be able to record all my Amazon sales. I think that I think that the sheet's robust enough to take me, if I got to a million dollars in sales, I think it would be able to handle that easily. So unless Amazon changes, if Amazon changes something, then then all bets are off. But if Amazon stays pretty similar, which I'm, I'm betting it will, then I should be all right to be able to grow into that spreadsheet that I have on Airtable and not have any issues. So overall, just kind of worked on those three today. And then I got some receipt processes in place because you want to be able to hold your receipts and store them properly. So that way you can refer to them if Amazon would request them. And you may be wondering, why would Amazon request any of my receipts? Well, eBay doesn't do that. Mercari doesn't usually do that. Like, why would I do that, right? Why would Amazon want them? Well, there's a couple of reasons why they may. They may want them because they just want to make sure that you have an invoice for the product. They may also have an inauthenticity complaint. So maybe a buyer buys something. They don't want to pay the return shipping to Amazon. So they'll say, hey, this product's inauthentic. I, I want to return it for free. And they'll give them a free shipping label. What they don't realize, or maybe they just don't care, is that it's going to come back on you. And now Amazon's going to say, hey, we saw that this product's inauthentic. Can you prove that it is? And so you have to be able to reference your receipt for that certain purchase. It's not like you can go buy it again and then say, hey, here's the invoice because it's already past the date that you would have been able to sell it, right? I mean, if you sell it on, uh, you know, let's say for easy days, June 5th, right? And now it's June 20th and Amazon says, hey, we saw you sold something on June 5th and you don't have a, we want to see your invoice because they said it was inauthentic. The buyer said this wasn't a real legitimate product. Can you prove it's not counterfeit? Well, if you go buy it on June 20th and show them that invoice, they're probably going to suspend you because they're going to know that that's not the real invoice and there's a whole lot of issues that could go in with that. So for them, you want to make sure you have all your receipts and invoices kind of properly organized. So that way, if they ask for something, you can reference it really quickly. I'm going to be able to do that with Airtable and Dropbox. I like Dropbox a lot. I use that as, a, as one of the things for storing files. And I don't store anything super personal or anything like that on there. But for just storing SOPs and stuff like that and copies of receipts, sometimes that stuff's valuable to store on there. So I will use some stuff like that and I'll, I'll be able to scan it with a Dropbox app on my phone, scan receipts and stuff, and then store them on there. I'll organize them by most likely the store and then by the year and then by the month if, if it requires it. For stores like Walmart, Target, I'll probably store that by, like I just said, year, then month, and kind of keep it like that. Other stores, I'll probably just put the receipts in one folder because I don't order from them nearly enough. So that's what I've been doing with that. Not anything too crazy with the receipt stuff, just getting that organized, getting a process in place. So whenever I buy stuff in store or buy stuff online, I have a way to store those. And then I'll also be able to put each receipt for each item in its corresponding line on Airtable. So that'll be helpful. Just I pull up an item and I can look and see, hey, I bought this item on this date from this store and here's the receipt to back it up. So that'll be helpful for being able to pull those if Amazon would request them. Hopefully they don't, but it's kind of, it's like a, it's foolish to think that you would never have them ask you for a receipt or an invoice to prove something. It's if you're on there long enough, I would imagine somebody would say, hey, this is inauthentic or want to scam you or something like that. And at that point you would have to show Amazon something. So 
you're kind of playing with fire if you're not storing those properly and I don't want to get too deep into this Amazon thing and not have those able to be referenced uh, for my business. So other than that, that's really what I worked on today. I did a lot of just working on the business, not inside the business, which is good. I think that that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. And it's fun when it's like, you know, business development or working on a spreadsheet to, to like make things flow faster or being able to find new types of products. Not necessarily as fun when you're working on applications for like a tax exemption or just doing some monotonous business tax information. Like taxes aren't fun. Not many people enjoy those. So that kind of stuff isn't necessarily as fun, but it still needs to be done. And working on the business is one of the best things that I've seen for growth for my business because so often we get our heads like in the weeds and just trying to grind out and get work done each day and each day and each day and you look up after a month or two months and realize you haven't made as much progress as you would have liked because you weren't actually trying to improve your business you were just trying to grind it out and so in as a business owner if you don't have any employees or anything you have to work both as you're in the business as an employee kind of and then you're also working on the business as the owner and making sure that things are progressing with that and you're looking into new uh, different like places to go with your business so if you're an ebay seller maybe you want to look into amazon if you're an amazon seller maybe you want to look into ebay uh new different things with that and maybe you're looking into new types of products or new categories or new brands or whatever you're looking into you want to be working on your business or ways to improve processes anything like that and so scheduling that out either daily or you know every couple of days to work on on your business and not just do the everyday tasks that need to be done i think that's huge and sometimes i forget to do that and so that's what I've been doing. I'll probably be doing that a lot this week as I come to the end of this quarter and things have changed a lot with my business in the last quarter. Probably going to be planning out the rest of the year in accordance to how my Amazon business to go, which was not how I anticipated the year to start. And uh, it's just, you know, things happen, things change. You need to be able to, to pivot for those. So that's what I'll be working on this week. Other than that, finding new products on Amazon, ordering them every day, it'll be a grind, but I want to get this systematized as quickly as possible. I'm going to be reading as much as I can about it, and there's a book I found. Uh, what's it called? I think it's called Plans of Action by Scott Margolius. I'm going to read that. It's apparently how to kind of pay attention to what Amazon's performance metrics are and stuff like that, and if you were to get in a situation where Amazon wanted to suspend you or wanted more information there's plans of action in there which is the thing they require from you if you do get caught doing something that they don't want you to do or maybe they think that you did something he basically goes through it in that book and I think it's a short book it's like under 100 pages but it should be pretty beneficial I've seen a lot of people swear by it and I've seen a lot of people say that it was super helpful for them so I'll be reading that as well just going through that and hopefully maybe get some of that read tonight if not all of it it doesn't seem like a terribly long read and hopefully I'll be pre better prepared for if Amazon and when Amazon reaches out to me and says hey we want to we want to look at this or we want to see an invoice for this or we don't believe that you bought this product legitimately like whatever it is I'll be able to handle that because I, I have all the the plans of action ready to go and obviously I'm doing the right things so Amazon doesn't necessarily want to suspend their sellers that are doing the right things I know sometimes it feels that way but the main thing they want to do is get the bad actors out and it would be surprising I think to all of us to figure out how many bots and bad actors there actually are on Amazon and if, if it was one of us running it we'd probably be just like you know trying to suspend as many people as possible just to get those people uh, the people that aren't supposed to be on there off of the platform so anyway that's what I'm working on right now just a lot there's a lot going on there's a lot of prep that needs to be done again I'm trying to keep all things like juggle a lot of different plates right now trying to keep everything I don't know upright I'm just doing the Amazon business and then trying to make sure the air tables ready to go so that way whenever I begin actually selling at scale on there it's it's able to be recorded I've already started to see an uptick in some of my sales last week was probably my best sales week on Amazon if you're just counting the time that I've been doing FBA 
but we'll see as as the next couple of weeks progress as I start to send in more product I do expect things to pick up from there now the one thing that I did learn this week and this is going to sound super dumb but I'm going to just kind of lay this out right now and then I'm going to go but somebody I was listening to somebody and they were saying you can't sell a lot of product if you don't buy a lot of product and and spend on product and that kind of hit me weird because I was I'm spending maybe two, three hundred dollars on orders and sending it into Amazon, and I'm wondering why I'm only selling a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars on of stuff. And one, I was selling selling items that weren't necessarily as good, and two, I really wasn't buying much inventory. So I'm going to be looking to scale that up a little bit as I learn Keepa and learn new things to sell. Probably be looking to scale that up a little bit and try and find new products and be able to buy a little bit more than I have been. So trying to spend a little bit more you'll probably be able to sell a little bit more just make sure you're spending on the right inventory and not buying things just for the sake of buying things so anyway with that being said i'm gonna wrap things up you guys have a great rest of your monday and i'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast have a good one peace